This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on Football CFB by a man who has a lot of pedigree within the game of football, played for such clubs as Liverpool, Rosenberg, Blackburn Rovers during a very good era for the club, over 70 caps for his country, went to major tournaments and that man is Stig Beyondby. Stig, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. The the first uh, thing I want to talk to you about is your career before Liverpool and before Blackburn because... A lot of people who listen to the show will be aware of your time at Liverpool, your time at Blackburn. But before you arrived in, in, in into uh, British football, you, you had a career in, in Norway as well. I mean, what was football like for you in Norway? It uh, Obviously, um, the couple of years before I joined Liverpool, it uh, it had become uh, quite a professional level. The, the, the surroundings and the facilities and the... Club structures uh, were quite professional, uh, and when I joined uh, Rosenberg, uh, obviously it's the it's the biggest uh, um, club in in Norway and possibly Scandinavia. Um, it was a whole different world from what I was used to as as a kid, and and uh, from from the clubs I I was at before I joined them. Um, Rosenberg was a different level, so so I was. Um, I was uh, tuned into a professional mentality at the time, but um, when I was 15, 16, I had academical ambitions and uh, uh, I wasn't really that determined to, to uh, sacrifice everything to football at that time. But, but then I started to, uh, I started to get some progress and I, I, I started to climb in the ranks and I started to play underage international football. So it, it, it's just, uh, I just went with the flow and uh, trained hard and had, and I think from nature, I had uh, quite a professional attitude anyway. So, so it suited me and um, things went fast. Uh, I joined Liverpool when I was 22 and I thought, looking back, um, four or five years, it, it didn't look so good, but um, yeah, it started to take off a little bit. You mentioned the fact that everything comes quick. I mean, in your first season at Rosenberg in, in 92, you win the league and you also win the cup and you score the winning goal in the cup. So to sum up that season, uh, such a big club, you, you, you smashed everything that year. Yeah, um, at the time, as I said, Rosenberg was Turberine. I mean, they, they were poss- possibly expected to win the, t- win the double as well. Um, um, so yeah, it was a great achievement and a fantastic experience. The cup final in Norway is quite similar to, in tradition, in 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 um, in um, uh, the significance of the cup and everything. It's it's related to what you see in the in the FA Cup in England because the final is such a big event, and uh, scoring the winning goal, um, eighty ninth minute, three um, two win. After the match. Um, 
the agent uh, f phoned us in the dressing room, me and uh, my teammate, Corey Ingebrigtsen, who later joined uh, Man City. Uh, and he said he wanted us to, to come and join his, uh, he, had, he had like a VIP facilities, uh, facility. so he wanted us to come in there because he wanted to introduce a couple of people to us. We didn't have a clue who it was. So uh, we, after the shower, we, we went up to see him and um, he took us into his office. And the two gentlemen who were sitting there was Sir Alex Ferguson and Tom Saunders, the, the chief scout at the time for, for Liverpool. So we, we were polite and shook hands and just stood there. And I said, so, so what's next? So they, they just met us, they shook our hand and they didn't speak to us. <laughs> I think they only wanted to kind of look us in the eye and then that was it. So we um, went back down and joined the celebrations after that. And in terms of those celebrations, you really enjoy them. But what's it like enjoying them, knowing that there's 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 definitely interest in you if, if, if people like that are there watching the game? I, I, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, to be honest, um, we played the we played the um, exhibition game earlier that summer. Uh, Liverpool went on tour and uh, they played Rosenberg at at the National Stadium Ullaval in in Oslo. Uh, and uh, Graham Sunes told me uh, later on that uh, it was in that particular game he I caught his eye and uh, he um, he he uh, he. Um, had some scouts watching me for, for, for the rest of the season, including that cup final. And I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't have a clue about that. So it was actually the day after the cup final and, the, and, and, um, and also the cup final celebrations, of course. A little bit hungover, I think I was. Um, the phone rang at 10 in the morning and it was my agent uh, telling me to pack my bags. I was, I was flying over to Liverpool. So it was, uh, it was that quick. What was your thoughts when, when you were told you're going to Liverpool? Because as as we both know, a massive football club, not just in England, but worldwide. I have I have uh, I have two uh, I have two uh, relationships to Liverpool Football Club. Uh, one is from when I was six years old because I, I used to watch the games live on Norwegian television um, together with my father. And he was a Liverpool fan. I became a Liverpool fan. It was obvious. Uh, so it was a childhood, very, very strong emotional childhood memory. Uh, reading the tables at the time, Liverpool on top, reading the newspapers in the morning on the Saturday to find out who was playing that particular live game on Norwegian television. When that was Liverpool, I can still remember the feeling I had as a six-year-old, eight-year-old, ten-year-old. Um, to experience that Liverpool was playing at four o'clock Norwegian time that afternoon. So, so that's a very, very strong uh, emotional childhood memory for me. But at the time when um, it was talks about me going over there to sign for them, it's a completely different approach to, to it because I was established as a, as, a, as a Norwegian international. I, was, I had some experience at the time. I was I had a, a lot more professional uh, attitude, a, a professional approach to it. So it wasn't so far fetched as it as it sounds. Uh, but um, obviously, it was a great, fantastic coincidence that it was Liverpool that came in for me, and I'm 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 still very very happy that that um, 
I, I, I can I could um, experience that eight seasons. When you join a club like Liverpool and you're playing in the Premier League, what's it like compared to, to Norwegian football? Does it take time to adapt? Yeah, I took time to adapt for sure because uh, I wasn't I was 22 and I it, as I said it went quick the the climbing the different stages and different levels in Norway was I was probably still doing that when I when I signed for Liverpool and then when you enter into the Premier Premiership coming from the Norwegian league it's you can't you can't really compare it the pace the the expectations the surroundings the fans the stadiums the the and of course, the level of football. It's a completely different world. And I took time to adapt, I have to say that. What was your initial feeling when you returned on loan to Rosenberg? Were you worried in any way that that you were there for a couple of seasons and you were back in Norway that maybe it wasn't going to work out? Yes and no. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't thinking back. I don't think I was too worried because it was my first... I was there for 12 months. Uh, I, I was at Liverpool for 12 months and it was a little bit unrest at the time. It was unrestful. Uh, rumours about Sui um, um, not uh, continuing as a manager. Um, the results weren't great. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was um, turbulence at the club. And that was, that was hard for me as a young player and also as a new signing, of course. So when we were qualified for the 94 World Cup, and the Norwegian national team manager uh, took initiative to to get me back for those four months to 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 get into match fitness because at the time I played quite a few games in my first year at Liverpool, but at at that time I, I wasn't a regular, um, so it sounded like a good idea to go home um, in safe surroundings, stable surroundings, get the good preparation in front of the World Cup. Play the World Cup and then go back to Liverpool, and that—that's exactly what happened to 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 plan. You you, you mentioned there about playing in in, in the World Cup in '94. Um, as you know, I'm from Scotland. Our nations are are quite similar now in the sense that we've not qualified in in a wee while. But when you played for Norway, you did qualify. What's it like when you play international tournaments for your country? Because that's the pinnacle, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's special, very special, and 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 <laughs> Norway is not an experienced um, nations nation in 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 that um, in those kind of uh, tournaments at all. I think it was the first time really that we that we um, play the World Cup in modern times, and um, so it was a big, massive thing, and we did quite a few mistakes. Um, as a nation, as an administration, as a team, as uh, because to play in those those cups, you need experience. You need to know um, how you can keep going through throughout uh, the length of the tournament. How to uh, make sure that you um, save energy when you can. Uh, so, so we were uh, we were amateurs. Um, although it was a great experience, the results weren't too bad. We we had the. We had a group of death, really. I think all the four teams in our group ended up with four points. So, um, but we didn't advance into the to the second stage. But um, experience, fantastic. Amateurs, yes, I think at the time, yes. You mentioned getting the experience, which you, you do. You return to Liverpool. Um, Roy Evans eventually comes in as the manager. 
what was it like playing under Roy? Because as I mentioned to you off air, I spoke to him recently and he had some very kind words about you. <laughs> I loved it. Um, uh, I loved to play for him. Um, uh, his approach to, to the whole thing was, uh, for me, perfect. Um, he, trust, he wanted to trust the players. He wanted to trust players to be professional. Uh, he didn't want to push too hard in... in um, uh, obviously, the demands were clear and the ambitions were clear and everything. But as a, as a leader, as a, uh, his style of managing was uh, was for me perfect because uh, he trusted me. Um, he knew I was professional. He knew I wanted to work hard, and he also gave me um, faith. Uh, he gave me matches. He gave me a place in the team. So I, I just grew a lot uh, under him as a manager, and, I, and I'm um, uh, ever thankful. To, to Roy Evans. What was it like going into the League Cup final of 95? You're going in at Wembley against Bolton Wanderers. There's a capacity a capacity crowd going to be in there. How did you prepare for that game? Were you nervous at all or because you'd been to the World Cup, did you just take it in your stride? <laughs> now, I, again, it's a special occasion, but I, I think I like to think anyway that I, I um, wanted to have the same preparation to any match um, so I think that was a bit of a clue for me as well when the match was such such a big one as as, uh, as a Wembley Cup final to to say to myself that the normal procedure is enough. Don't don't put too much more into it because it can drain energy and you can be basically you can be dra- drained of energy before the match. Uh, the big thing for me in, in memory wise with that game is that uh, my parents were there from from Norway. They they spent the week, long weekend in London. I invited them over um, and they had most fantastic time to, to experience um, sitting in the stands, watching, watching me play a cup final. You know, it was a fantastic um, memory to have about, especially my, my, my father, who I've been watching so many matches with in front of the television and knowing he, he uh, of course, also was a Liverpool fan. Uh, so that was um, a, fanta- a fantastic memory. And I also saw them, at that time, the security wasn't as it is today. So they, they I managed to get him into the tunnel where we had our, our team coach. And uh, huh. they, they also lifted the, the, the cup and I took some pictures of them. And so it was um, a fantastic memory. That's incredible. Uh, it really is. Um, in terms of the game itself, um, Steve McManaman scores two. Just how good was Steve McManaman to play with? Because he's a player that... I'll be honest with you, over here there's a programme called the Premier League Years and I love watching McManaman and his pomp at Liverpool. Fantastic player to play with. Um, the team we had, uh, I would say, 96-97, where we really should have won the Premier League. We, we were probably three quarters of the of the season. We were the best team in the league. Um, we cocked it up a little bit uh, towards the end, unfortunately. But the team we had there with, with McManaman in a kind of a free role, uh, linking up uh, uh, with with Robbie Fowler a great deal. Um, we had Collymore there who who scored goals. Um, there was a lot lots of players who who stood out that season for Liverpool, and um, it's a shame that we didn't bring the title home really because that was the season that I experienced where we really should have won the league. And McManaman was of course probably the player of the year for us. 
you, you mentioned that season. You get into the, to the the PFA Team of the Year, as does McManaman and Mark Wright. Now, you mentioned two strikers there and Stan Collymore and Robbie Fowler. As a, as a fullback, you love to go forward. Was it ideal playing with those two when, because you knew that when you whipped crosses in, those guys would be there waiting? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, yeah, definitely. And I think they liked to play with me as well because they knew what was happening whenever I got the ball on that flank. I, I, I wanted to whip it in as soon as I could because, uh, and it was, uh, it was, I think, um, I think we had uh, such a great understanding between each other, uh, Colomar and Fowler and myself. Uh, I didn't do many tricks out there on the, on the, on the wing. I, I whipped it in. I wanted to whip them in as hard as I could and as precise as I could. So, so they just had to kind of work out their movements in the box. So, so uh, it was a great success for us. I think uh, together we, we must have, I think I, um, um, we were involved in a, in a lot of the goals that season and um, it was, um, again, a fantastic uh, memory. An incredible club, Liverpool, as we've, as we've said. What's it like when you're playing at Anfield in front of a full crowd, as you as you managed to do so over over those eight nine seasons? It's scary, and it's uh, at the same time the best thing you can do in life because um, it's so demanding, and that's where it should be. You look at the history of the club, and um, and um, and also the, the obviously now winning the being the title holders it's fantastic it's taken 30 years and that's too long for such a big club so i'm sorry that i couldn't uh, bring a title home for the fans but um but um i'm so happy that they're the title holders now and to play in front of them is the most scary and definitely the best experience in my life in terms of your time, after um, Roy Evans, obviously he shares the job with Gerard Tully, then Gerard comes in permanently. What was that like for you? Because when he comes in, you start to go out the team a wee bit more. Was that frustrating? Not really. I mean, um, uh, well, um, I didn't see it coming uh, after the after that season, which was a great season for me. I, my contract was running out and the Bosman ruling was coming in. So I... I I had a, had a great set of cards on my hands, so I signed a new long deal, and um, I was looking forward to continue with the, with the same management. And then uh, a few weeks later, Julier came in, and we 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 did we didn't have a bad relationship at all. Uh, I appreciate a lot of the things that Julier did. He wanted to professionalize the club even more. He wanted to change some routines. He wanted to change some. Quite a few things, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, the working relationship between between uh, Roy Evans and Julier maybe wasn't the best. I don't know. So they, I think they agreed to split uh, after a while, and then um, and then Julier continued to do a lot of changes, also in the dressing room, in in terms of bringing in players, and he was actually. Um, um, a big, very big squad at, at one time there when when he was doing that um, buying and selling players. So it was it became a little bit different. Yes, it did. But uh, I can't fault Julier for what he did because he wanted to change a few things in terms of uh, into a more even a more professional modern type of uh, administration around the football club. So. He um, had the good uh, intentions to everything he did, and he also 
Liverpool also create uh, created some results, definitely for Liverpool for sure. A young Steven Gerrard, a young Jamie Carragher breaking into the team during your time at Liverpool. Could you tell that those two guys had immense potential to go on and become icons of the club, or was it too early to tell at that time? No, it was uh, quite obvious, especially with Stevie, Stevie, Steven Gerrard. It was ob- I remember the, the academy at the time, they, they had their... We were all together at Melwood, so the academy trained when we trained, and if, if our training session was finished, I, I sometimes walked over to, to watch the kids... Um, and I stood there together with Stevie Highway, and he he quite a few times he pointed out Steven Gerrard to me, and he said, "Watch this boy, um, he will be with you soon." And um, so I enjoy I, I quite enjoyed uh, watching the kids train, and uh, Steven Gerrard stood out. I think, if I'm not wrong, I think um, uh, Jamie Carragher was joining the first team in training sessions and so on a little bit earlier than um, Steven Gerrard. So, so um, probably more mature physically at the time um, and, uh, and also a great prospect and uh, the rest is history. Look at their, their careers. I mean, amazing careers for the club. Absolutely. And, and for you, when it, when it comes to, to, to leaving Liverpool, in terms of your, your loan spell, first of all, why ultimately did you decide to join Brondby on loan? Because when you're playing in the Premier League, was there options to stay in the Premier League at that time? Yeah, it was. But uh, what happened was, um, again, I wasn't in the team uh, under Hulier at that time. And uh, my friend, Olga Haraida, who later became the Danish national team coach, he's a Norwegian, he was training... He was he was managing uh, Bronby, and the story behind that loan started off with the following: uh, at Bronby, there was a young boy called uh, Martin Schmidt, who was a left back. I think he was only eighteen, and he was a great talent. He asked his manager Olga Haraida one morning if he could have the next day off because he wanted to watch his girlfriend playing in a, in a play in a city a couple of hours outside Copenhagen. And Haraida said, Martin, you can't take tomorrow off. We, we've got a game in two days. So you need to come here in the morning as usual. So you need to do your training session. So Martin turned up in the training session. Olga Haraida spotted him. When the training session was finished, he rushed into the dressing room, jumped in the car together with his mother, to, re- to, to go and see that play anyway, where the girlfriend was playing. And they ended up in a, in a very, very bad car accident. His mother died and uh, Martin Smith was badly injured. So it was a big question whether he could play again. He Eventually he tried to come back to professional football, but he couldn't do it because of his injuries. So Olga Harada phoned me uh, and asked me to do him a favor. It was suitable for me because I wasn't in the team. And the, the, the story behind why they needed a left-back at the time was so, so strong and so uh, emotional to me as well. So uh, I decided together with, with uh, the manager uh, to, to go there for a couple of months and uh, finished uh, the Danish season. It was only uh, 10 weeks, I think. You, so, yeah. you mentioned 
Aga Ryder, what is he like as a manager? Because he's someone who we've heard quite a lot about in the UK because he's, he's managed in Scandinavia for, for a long period of time, managed at international level. What's he like to work with? Fantastic. I, 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 also, I also worked with him uh, after I retired as a player because he took me on as um, his assistant when he coached the Norwegian national team in 2004, was it? Uh, so yeah, I, I worked with him a couple of occasions, and I now he's back at Rosenberg. Now he's managing Rosenberg, so uh, it's great to have him back in the city where I live. So I get a chance to see him again. Um, he's got the old school English uh, mentality. He used to play for Man City and Norwich as well when he was um, when he was younger. Uh, so he he could have been a suitable manager for the Premier League, actually, especially now with his experience. Um, the great character. Um, fantastic uh, uh, attitude towards towards winning and and progressing every day. So um, yeah, he's a he's a top guy. After Bronby, um, you returned to Liverpool, and, and obviously you, you're allowed to leave the club. Blackburn Rovers was Graham Souness a massive factor in joining Blackburn? Well, yeah, because uh, first of all, because he uh, he took the initiative, he wanted to to sign me again. So uh, that that's how it came about. He he also fly flew over to um, Copenhagen to watch me in a in a game, and uh, they told me they told me after the game that he left at half time. So I thought, ooh, that's that's bad news. And after the match, I was supposed to meet him for dinner, and he uh, he said to me, I only watched forty five minutes because I wanted to see if your legs were all right. So so uh, I th- so um, he w- he was happy and um, I was actually considering signing for Brunby because I enjoyed it there, but uh, when Blackburn came in, uh, obviously I changed my mind. I spoke recently um, to Brad Friedel, um, who obviously was the goalkeeper in that Blackburn team when you win the League Cup against Tottenham. What was it like yeah. playing in that Blackburn team? Because you had some great players. I mean, yourself, Henning Berg, obviously fellow Norwegian, was it was the skipper in that day. Damien Duff, who was coming through, David Dunn, Mark Hughes, and and of course, Andy Cole, who was just, for me, one of the best strikers ever in the history of the Premier League. Yeah, thinking back, the, the amount of great players at, uh, at the in and out of Blackburn at the time was amazing. Um also, uh, one you didn't mention was the Turkish guy, two guy. What a you, you player! Couldn't take, you couldn't take the ball off him uh, in training. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it was and Matt Janssen, Matt Janssen, who um, sadly also was involved in a in a in a in a smaller traffic accident to set him back. Unfortunately, at the time where he was about to establish himself in the for for the as an England international, he was a fantastic talent. Never really came back to the same level after that uh, that accident, but uh, an amazing player, uh, Damien Duff, to play with him on the left flank, fantastic. When Coley came in with his experience, and and also Dwight York uh, for for a spell, Mark Hughes, of course. So, and my great friend uh, Craig Short, uh, I've got I've got some um, strong f- friendships from that uh, from that time still. Um, so, um, and also from Liverpool, obviously, David Thompson um, and Brad Friedel, you mentioned him. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a good experience. But Blackburn, I, I wouldn't say a word um, negative about Blackburn, but of course, coming from Liverpool, it's a, it's a smaller environment and um, 
the expectations is not the same and the ambitions maybe slightly different as well. So it was a different experience, but, uh, but a good one. You mentioned the fact it's a different experience, but when you consider where the club were, you achieved promotion to the Premier League and you also won one of the, the, the three trophies that are available in, in England when you think, obviously, the Premier League, the FA Cup, the League Cup. So overall, it's, it's, it's a time that is successful when you look back on it. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Of course, uh, it it means a lot with the the Premiership title, and uh, I never managed to to get that for Liverpool. I I would have wanted that, but uh, never mind. Um, uh, I'm I'm grateful to to have had the chance to to play for the for those clubs, um, and um, it's. Uh, whether you want it or not, it, it it'll form you as a human being after you've been through that. So, so um, I'm 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 grateful to to have been there. Towards the end of your career, Stig, you have two really, really shocking injuries in the sense that you fracture your eye socket, which I imagine is is an incredibly sore and challenging injury, and then you obviously have a, a really bad injury. Um, and your foot, and there was a, a talk at the time where your foot could have been amputated. I mean, just sum up those two injuries and how hard it was to try and battle back mentally. Well, in terms of injury, I was lucky. I was, I think, I was quite quite strong. I, I didn't really pick up that many injuries throughout my career. Um, but in that last year, I picked up two, and they were both career threatening. Uh, so it was just two freak, uh, strange, uh, rare injuries. Um, it's called, one was called it's it's actually called orbital blowout fracture. It's when you press your eyeball in towards your skull, so the so the so the bone structure cracks. So you have to replace it with titan and stuff, and that was um, that was a mess. Um, so I still have a little bit of a double vision, uh, some angles. So, so, so that was the one that had had me stopping playing. And when I was um, coming back from that injury, I, all, I tried to join training, and I and I it was the first actual training session with the team after that injury. I twisted um, twisted my knee and my ankle at the same time, and it uh, ripped off uh, some arterias in my foot and. Uh, I had to. I needed two bypass operations uh, after that to to get the bloodstream back to normal. Um, so so that was um, a hectic, very strange, um, demanding year. But uh, if you put it into perspective, I was 33. Um, I was, as I said before, I was grateful for what I've been through, um, all the experiences that these clubs and the, all the players and the fans and the supporters gave me. So, so when you're 33, you have to think it could have been worse. I could have been 23. So um, it was it was bearable. After retirement, um, obviously assistant manager to Agha Ryder, as, as we talked about with Norway, you didn't have a, a, a stint in management at start as well. And then you've obviously most recently been sporting director at Rosenberg. So you've you've worked international level, club level, um, as a manager and as a, a sporting director. What are those roles like, and where do you see yourself in football next? Well, I, as as you said, I've tried quite a few roles. Um, uh, coaching and management is is not uh, it's not what I want to do. I want to do the more more overall structural. Um, the culture building leadership 
So um, I, I had, um, after I left coaching, I, I went into the Football Federation as a director of development, where you look at uh, coaching development, player development, club development, also at grassroots level throughout the country. Um, and I was also building up some, um, some programs for the um, underage international uh, national teams uh, for the federation. And then um, when I was asked to, to go back to Trondheim to do the sports director role, uh, obviously I was, it was a good timing for me and um, exactly the right step at the time. So I really, really enjoyed those five years. Um, we had a, a successful time. We, we won nine out of 12 um, official titles. Um, and financially as well, we, we joined the European competitions and we, uh, it, was, it was fantastic. And, I, and I'm still very closely attached to the club. I do some consultancy for them still and do some uh, international relations and so on. So, so uh, yeah, it's good. And, uh, and uh, my next step now, hopefully, hopefully will be um, uh, a similar role uh, outside Norway. Uh, that's something that I'm sure um, we'll all be watching and, and be interested to see where you go because, as you mentioned, when you were at Norway, uh, sorry, at Norway, at Rosenberg in Norway, one of the things the club were able to achieve was winning the double two years in the trot, which had never been done before as well. What was that? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We um, we had a uh, we had um, a great team. Uh, we were lucky and uh, and also. Um, Clever, I hope, uh, on the on the logistics with uh, with players. We had some young players coming through at the same time, and they all they all really um, uh, hit the level. And uh, we also did some good work on the transfer market. So um, so we we were very strong in that period. Yes. Just before you go, a um, few quick fire ones. Best players you played with? Oof. Uh, it's it's a hard one, uh, but um, I, I I have to pick I have to pick Robbie Fowler. What a what a yeah. goal scorer! I have to. Um, toughest opponent. Toughest opponent. Mark Overmars in the in in a, in a match uh, Nor Norway Holland in um, in Rotterdam. I was taken off after four, forty five minutes. Say no more. <laughs> Most underrated <laughs> player you played with? Most underrated player, Michael Thomas. And what what made Thomas underrated? Because he's a player that I think a lot of people listening to this will be fascinated by. Obviously, his history with Arsenal and then Liverpool. Uh, he, he's not underrated, but he was even better than people thought he was, I think. In terms of managers, who would you say were the special managers when you look back at your career and think, I'm really glad I got to play for you? Well, I have to mention Sui because he signed me twice, and I have to mention Roy Evans. And I have to, I, Roy Evans, what a fantastic person, and uh, still, still a great friend. When I when I when I see him now, it's if it wasn't for the COVID, it was a big hug again, you know. So, so um, uh, I have to mention those two. And um, Nils Arnegen at Rosenberg was an amazing character. He's uh, similar to Sir Alex uh, in history in in terms of. Uh, continuity and, and winning titles uh, special character um, I have to mention those and um, I think people in England also are aware of uh, Egil Drillo Olsen who, um, who who coached that 
uh, Norwegian national team who, who never seems to lose games and qualified for two World Cups without having one star player in the team. Um, he, he also needs to be mentioned. Steg, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be